Mechanisms of the Mind by Demono. Um, the brain may not be as difficult to understand as pre previously thought. Instead, the problem may be it's too easy to understand. Explanations may be highly acceptable without relevance to what is being explained. And this is kind of interesting. The search engines are largely considered intelligent because they return uh, explanations of things that we want to search for. But they may not be exactly relevant to the specific thing that we want to search for. So the question is, is how do you get the information that you want uh, confined enough to the particular problem so that such that it is not too big of an information fit and uh, predictable. So mechanisms of the mind tend to explain how our mind does that um, by interest and importance. If things are interesting and important, then we consider that a, a good fit. Descriptions may reveal something that is not apparent and may be unfamiliar. If you ask uh, the search engine, for example, to give you explanations of what happened in the Fukushima nuclear accident, uh, some of the physics explaining gamma radiation may not be apparent to you because you can't see it and it may not be familiar. So those descriptions, even though they're accurate, may not uh, be apparent or familiar. Words usually describe things or actions. A few words don't describe things, but are helpful tools for dealing with words, such as multiplication, division, and addition. These are symbols. Um, so in multiplication, you're taking two numbers and multiplying them together. Division, you're dividing. and addition, you're counting. But you could consider multiplication actually a form of counting. Division could be actually a form of counting. And addition is a, a counting. So it could be reduced to one system. Words, uh, and the way you do division is by bit shifting. So you can do, uh, using binary mathematics, you can do division. Words represent information stored in the brain. So the words themselves are very empty. We have to associate them to things or to ideas for them to mean anything. So that information is uh, just stored in the brain. The brain's bad memory feature provides for computer computational functionality. We don't do things very well like uh, recalling information, uh, re retaining uh, different phrases, uh, being able to calculate certain numbers, being able to reduce uh, equations into simple solutions. We don't do those things uh, well, but computers do. Thinking has four types, natural, logical, mathematical, and lateral. Systems do not have to be complicated or unintelligible. And some of the most powerful systems are simple programs that uh, can run. Uh, those are called uh, computer automa and uh, cellular automa. And the cellular automas can build things like random numbers, thermodynamics, uh, different patterns in nature. But they're simple algorithms that, that run um, 
with simple rules. They don't have to be complicated, but they can build the tapestry of the universe. What happened in the brain, our information, and the way it happens is in thinking. Thinking is the arrangement of information processed by the brain and the restriction of information to improve results. That's an important statement because um, our originally when we process different symbols in our brains, uh, like propositional logic, we assume that that propositional logic will stay the same, but if it were to be stored in the brain, it's going to restructure it, um, make it more efficient, and draw more implications from the original propositional logic. And so uh, we call that restructuring, rearranging uh, of results thinking. And uh, this is one reason why often when you sleep and you wake up the next morning, you you have a a better solution is because your brain has had time to restructure those uh, uh, symbols in the brain to make more sense. One time I had a uh, mission president and I asked him about how the brain uh, works with dreaming and he said it works through symbols. And uh, he had a degree in psychology. And I, and I think about that and I do agree that the brain does process things through symbols Uh, We see things in our dreams as symbols, and we're trying to make sense of that in uh, the subconscious from the real world. And so we do project what we believe onto the real world as a way to understand the way it works. Making use of the characteristics of the system can be used to improve performance or achieve some end. Um, Okay, language, notion, mathematics are aids to thinking. Yeah, they're just, and mathematics is a form of uh, of uh, language. It's a descriptive of quantity, um, how things, the rates of change, uh, derivatives, integrals, are measuring uh, change from one uh, parameter to another, and derivatives are measuring rates of change uh, x to y or um, to time, and also measuring volumes or curvatures or space or distance. So all those uh, aspects of mathematics are a form of communication or language, and they do aid us in thinking. We can visualize um, how in computer graphics we move into the 3D world, which is a mathematical world of uh, polar coordinates, and we can understand how um, the objects are interacting because we have an idea of spatial relationships, and that can be expressed mathematically. So that was in a language aid in thinking. The brain has poor memory recall. And this is an interesting aspect of our brain. The brain picks and chooses and alters information in what is called processing behaviors. So what comes out is very different than what goes in. And uh, you might say that that processing is creativity. It could be art. Um, some of the surrealistic art is taking different symbols or images and then uh, abstracting them, like um, um, the taking a clock and then distorting the clock and bending it into onto a two-dimensional plane um, would be a form of processing behavior. Simple, basic processes can be put together to give a simple system complicated behavior as the brain. 
So what uh, this is the pattern I see with artificial intelligence is they're building agents, uh, agents that do specific functionalities based on incentives, and they perform uh, together in a system, and they are able to perform similar feats that are capable by people. And that includes decision-making and strategy. Some knowledge of the properties of the basic unit is required at each level of information form, but a detailed knowledge of the basic level does not yield any information about the higher levels of organization. For example, nerves and synaptic connections detail information does not give insight into the notion and idea formation abstracts. If units are too small, the functional description cannot be described. And if units are too big, the description will be too broad for use at all. The perfect size is a unit big enough to be usable as explanation, but also capable of making predictions. And that statement there is um, actually key to uh, the success of building larger uh, machine learning systems is to have models that are big enough to be usable to explain a phenomena, um, but not and but and can be made to make predictions about possible things that can result from that. And so that that prediction is what we call perception. The ability to guess or predict is a is an aspect of perception. So that perfect size fit then would produce perception. Once a model is constructed, it has a life and a working of its own. With a model, you put the pieces together and learn from what happens. A model is a method of transferring some relationship or process from its actual setting to a setting where it is more conveniently studied. When I was in college, I worked on a special project uh, with one of the PhDs and we talked a lot about the way the mind processes and one of his ideas was that the way the mind works is it builds a visual model of how um, something works in the real world. For example, if you were um, looking at something mechanical and trying to figure out how that device worked, your mind would build a model of, of that device in your head and then in your brain, in your mind, and you would see and interact with that model until you understood how it worked and those assumptions or, or hints that you get in your mental model then would be applied to trying different things with the physical model. And as you gain confidence that your mental model and the physical model uh, were um, cohesive, then you would conclude that you understand how the device works. So, um, this visualization in the mind was an important part of learning. And he also said the, something interesting to me about how the mind can have a predisposition towards something. So, for example, he was a mathematics professor, and he said that there was the possibility that some people have, uh, because of their training as children, have a propensity for doing uh, pattern matching or they have a propensity for uh, doing calculations or equation combinations or visualizing uh, solutions to particular math problems. And so one of the important things was is to be exposed to many different ideas 
so that you have some um, knowledge of it or some mental model that you've created in your mind of how things, the way the world works. And then when you're classically trained in college, then you can apply the rigor of mathematics to understanding how the world really works or supposedly works. In a model relationship and processes are preserved unchanged through the things that are being related may be changed. So yeah, so that every system can be dynamic, original relationships and processes um, can be preserved, but the idea that the model will remain unchanged is false. All models involve the transformation of relationship from their original setting into another. Once the transformation has been made, then the relationship within the model itself indicates what can happen. And so those those relationships would be edges on the, the nodes. So you start with nodes of things that can happen with the model. The edge tells you um, what is possible, the relationship or interaction to the model. And so from the model, you can explain what happens. The next section is talks about notions, which uh, is interesting. What is a notion? A notion is a model building system. Basic principles are arranged and applied differently, creating a notion. Newton mathematics, for example, use Lisbeth's limits to explain areas under curves, and Newton's symbols condense Leibniz's principles. Leibniz's principles were still a part of Newton's notion. However, he changed the uh, um, he changed the way symbols for evaluating that same notion. A convenient notion may make possible the development of different ideas. And so in mathematics, we start with different uh, principles or corollaries and theorems. And from that, then we can build other um, ideas. So uh, originally in math, there were the idea of limits. Then there came the idea of derivatives and limits or integrals. And then from there, uh, systems of polynomial equations, which built linear algebra and um, vector analysis, and then eventually uh, uh, tensor mathematics, which uh, uh, is used for advanced, uh, advanced ways of looking at different dimensional space. The mechanism model of thought does not prove a similar mechanism acts in the brain. The mechanism of thought may be useful because it is interesting to understand self-education, self-organizing passive system that is capable of effective information processing by means of a few basic operations. The system described is capable of self direction of attention, thinking, learning, even humor, removing the unique and magical fashion the brain operates. The idea that there may be inbuilt errors in information processing system may have relevance to human thinking. The system would offer a mechanical philosophy and be capable of organizing ideas. Yeah, these are it's interesting because we, we want to have a mechanical method of thought uh, because once you have mechanical method of thought, you can resolve problems mechanically. Uh, you can create new ideas. Um, and you can also figure out which ideas are relevant 
or not to the problem at hand. Um, by nature of the surface is meant all the processes and rules of behavior which are taken together constitute a special universe. Anything that happens in the special universe happens according to its rules. The difficult thing is to realize that different universes have different rules of their own. The rules are determined by the organization of the system. People are the same, but the rules may be different in different social universes. One needs to recognize the existence of special universes and learn their special rules of behavior. Circular system effects. A weak battery won't start the car. If continually used, will weaken the battery even further. Rich people get richer. Big newspapers get bigger. When people buy stocks during rising inflation, the prices rise as more people want to buy stocks and bonds in order to benefit from the rising prices. These are examples of positive feedback system scenarios. If the first thing tends to get bigger, then the second thing will get bigger. Closed circle. The reverse is also true. If the first thing gets smaller, then the second thing will get smaller. If the first thing has an opposite effect on the second thing, the connecting line is interrupted as an open circle. Positive and negative feedback circular systems can work side by side. Suppose an area has abundance of good jobs, then the people will move in, making it easier for others to follow. The influx, the flux of labor saturates the market and working prospects don't look as good. The work opportunities decline and people move out of the area. Emotion is the major source of variability on the special memory surface. Once the emotional aspect has taken charge, no increased amount of information will take over charge. The original pattern allows the channel of emotion. Emotion in its broadest sense provides the sole mechanism of adaption whereby more useful patterns may gain dominance. Emotion provides the substance of self and individuality. Logical thinking would be impossible without emotion. Emotion is essential to information processing. And it's really interesting because he points out here that if you have a strong emotion, no matter how much information that you bring contrary to that emotional pattern, it's not going to matter. The emotion itself is a conclusion. A feeling is followed by rationalization and may be as useful as sequential approach. Much of the surface memory information is internal, patterns representing the needs and emotions of the body. Attention follows the area of activation or the surface, the contours of the memory surface. The area activation on the memory surface is strictly limited and cannot exceed the given space. The limited attention area settles on the most active part of the memory surface or the part most frequently used. The individual is paying close attention to one part of the total. The limited attention span has a advantage uh, in the mind. Much is left out and discarded as irrelevant. Something is selected and ability is selected as important. Sele selection uh, means an emotional preference and the ability to act by choice. So again, we make a lot of decisions based on our emotions. Do I like that? Do I not like that? Uh, and the the decisions we make largely have lots of information left out. This is one reason why machines are in some ways are better at strategy than human beings is because they don't throw out the uh, extra information 
and they don't make the decision based on emotion. So then the, the question is, is why is emotion so important? Because we have a limited surface space that we, we can process with. Uh, we, it's not an unlimited uh, space. And so be, because of that, uh, we, can, we have to uh, pay attention to particular things that we prefer or have preference towards. And that's what makes us human. Uh, and so uh, we're not all-knowing at this point, and, uh, and we don't see everything at, at one time or process everything at one time. And so our decisions are going to be um, very selective. And that selective ability and, the, and emotional preference allows us to migrate towards things that we feel are important or interesting. Breaking things into fragments, and I would argue that that's very efficient because uh, without that, we could spend endless amounts of time uh, searching data because a machine would, know, would not know when th something is important or interesting and then stop and select that. Uh, so it would uh, could spend an endless amount of time searching uh, the, the information data streams. And that is one of the great advantages of human beings is that we would become disinterested over that and eventually leave and go, go do something uh, fun like uh, 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 swimming or a bike ride or a walking or a nature hike, uh, something that's not uh, watching a data stream. Breaking things into fragments has an advantage. Fragments have mobility. <clears throat> Language consists of mobile fragments that can be strung together in different ways. Mathematics, science, and measurement are fragmented processes. They internally produce patterns of pain and pleasure, intrude on the pure memory surface, and help to direct attention. Yeah, and that's so important, you know, because uh, we would be uh, starved to death, maybe even die, if we did not have the pain aspect that tells us that we're hungry. And... Um, it would intrude on our memory space. So we could get fascination, fascinated on the binary stream flowing in. <clears throat> and since we are not a machine that has an a unlimited amount of electricity for processing all this information in a Turing stream uh, machine, we would uh, eventually become, uh, we would exhaust our resources and then we would die. So, the fact that we do feel pain or pleasure that motivates us to do things that take care of our body and, and our mind and our social interactions with others is very critical. Selection is based on the usefulness and uh, instead of familiarity. The memory surface no longer deals with information for its own sake, but only in terms of its usefulness. In terms of survival and adaption, this is essential. And that's why I would say that human beings are different from machines because we do adapt and we do find things that are essential for survival.